Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people who have transformed their health and the amazing souls supporting them on their journey. Be inspired. Today I'm speaking with Melissa, an everyday mum who realised she was holding herself back because of unhealed childhood trauma that had followed her into adulthood. Once she did the work on herself, she realized how powerful it was that she just had to share it with others and show them that there was another way. She now works with people to grow extraordinary children and healing the extraordinary adults who love them. Melissa is so passionate about her work and the transformation she sees in her clients. She's literally singing it from the rooftops and I'm sure you will get that from the episode today. Welcome, Melissa, to the Holistic Health Podcast. It's so great to have you with us today. Thank you for joining in, and I'm super excited to talk about this topic with you. Oh, thanks very much for having me. I'm very excited, a little bit nervous, but um, my very first podcast, and I hope I provide something fantastic for your audience, your listeners, so... Yeah. I'm excited to get started. Yeah, I, it's it's a really important topic because we're talking about inner child healing, um, which I think every individual has to do at some point or has the opportunity to do it at some point. I, you know, like a lot of people will say, why is this happening to me? And you're like, well, if you actually look back at your history, you can see why that that this thing still keeps coming up for you um, in, in their particular world and, and it is unique to everybody else. But um, so it's going to be really important um, and exciting to talk about today. But before we dive in, I'd really love to hear about where you're at now, what are you creating in the world, what does life look like for you on a daily basis? Well, I'm uh, a lone mama of uh, two young sons, two kings, and I think it's when you're having children it it's really is the catalyst for you to look back at where you were and where you are or and where you want to be. Are you living the life that you desire? Are you wanting your children to feel the same childhood pain perhaps that you did? And, I mean, the, the beauty of us now, like, you know, there's been uh, 20 years or so of psychology and we've known, you know, we've, we've learned and researched more in the last 20 years sort of in the psych world than we have in the previous 2,000 years. So it's a really exciting time and it's, it's really, you know, important that information is there for us. And so, like, we as, you know, raising children in this generation compared to our parents a generation ago, you know, they, they just did what they were taught sort of thing or they just did what how they were they learned through their parents and parenting and the experiences they had. But now we have so much information and it's, it's a really exciting time and we understand that actually we had our childhood trauma perhaps um, and not everyone did. Some people did, but not always were we felt the love that we needed at the time by our parents because when we're children, we're run on emotion and not logic. And even though we could go, oh, actually, our mum or our dad did that or said that to us. And it probably, you know, we understand now being parents ourselves that it's really not that big a deal. But when you're a child, it's, it can be devastating. And, and something like that, you just hold on. And it, and it pops up when you either have kids when you go for that, that career change that you desire, go for the dream that you desire, um, you know, any job or, or saying no to someone or getting out of a toxic relationship or a toxic workplace. And it really comes down to the fact that we, 
couldn't back ourselves and we couldn't trust that, um, you know, it was the right decision and really based on how we were treated. And, um, yeah, no, it's definitely exciting and it's much-needed work. I think, you know, this year particularly it's really shown us um, where we are. You know, we've been forced to really reflect and so where we are and then where we desire to be because there's been a lot of things that we have are unable to control in our lives where we might have. So, no, no, it's an exciting time and, um, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it and, yeah, serve the world in this type of way. So, yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah, and as you said, it's, it's, I think it, these stories or these, you know, challenges have come up for a lot of people during COVID, um, you know, through, throughout this year and it's a real opportunity for people to look at what's going on in their lives um, we've obviously had a bit of a had a massive slowdown. I say a bit of a slowdown. It's been a massive slowdown. Um, my life uh, got so much more, you know, so much quieter. But then all of the, you know, some of the struggles that we face on a daily basis became magnified. And you know, so that was a real opportunity for a lot of people just to go and go. How do I want to feel? What do I want to think about? As opposed to the ongoing push through life that we kind of just keep going and keep doing things. Then we got this opportunity to be and you were like, hang on a minute, I'm really not comfortable in that space. Um, so that's been a really big thing this year. But you also touched on a point there around um, having children and how that can be really um a great opportunity for people to grow. So it can be the trigger that, that a lot of people find um, and it was certainly my trigger uh, to sort of get out of my own head and into life and go, well, how do I want to create it now that I've had a baby and um, what does life look like? Um, that, that can be a real struggle for people because it's a change of identity at that point. And then you're saying, well, now we're going to change stories, like we're going to going to go well do you want to still think that thing and you know I remember as a kid mum and you know mum or dad would say something and I'd go I'd never speak to my children like that remember that and then as soon as you become a parent you start parroting out those sorts of things and you're like oh do I actually want to say this do I want to be in that space so it comes back to that again opportunity for change it's the awareness that we we create um, and then you know propelling ourselves forward and looking for the resources out there in the world that can help us, which, you know, you are one of them. So I'm really keen to talk about your journey in this space and, and find out a little bit more about how did you get into doing this sort of work, um, what was coming up for you that obviously you had, you know, having your kids, but what was coming up for you and, and what drove you into this space and, and some of the benefits that you're seeing on the other side? Mm, we're touching back on your point about magnifying at this time. I mean, when we're, you know, everyone's together. So, like, you're magnifying by a zillion, really, isn't it? Because you're on top of each other all the time and no one no one is really living their own purpose. You know, we all have a value system and things and because, you know, you're working from home or kids not going to school and seeing their friends, like, everyone is really – no one's living within their own purpose. So when you've got, like, a family of three, four, five, six, you know, all stuck in the house, not living, you know, anywhere near their best life, you know, like, things come up, you know, it's, it's crazy. But, um, and then on your other point about, you know, you know, sometimes when we, you know, yeah, you, you never thought that you would speak like your mother spoke to you or something like this, but then all of a sudden you're in a moment of stress and you open your mouth and your mother comes out to you before you've even thought about it. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, when you're, that's 
you know, and, and unfortunately that does all the damage. And so I love this movement about being conscious parents and there's, you know, this conscious parent, this conscious parents, like there's blogs and, um, you know, people, coaches and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately it's uh, the subconscious parenting that does all the damage. And so like, and there's lots of research around it. Dr. Bruce Lipton is one who speaks a lot about the programs that we uh, uh, created, I guess, from when we were zero born to age seven. And so everything that we're really sponges of that at that time. So when we, you know, whatever happens, good or bad, is we take on that what he calls a program. And then so like it's not all doom and gloom. Of course, you know, you still have time to change and you know learn other things. But sort of more after that, it, you, you learn by repetition. So I mean, like, and it's a sad in a way, really, because when we're like from zero to seven, it's probably one of the most intense and times you know you're sleep deprived you're going through all sorts of things and it's um unfortunately yeah, it's sort of creating that cycle again but um and that's what like I love about my my work like I'm really trying to for myself and and also for others like to really break this cycle like we have the information to be able to treat our kids nicely and the information to you know include them and and like listen to them you know without feeling triggered and a lot of the time you know even though um you know, like we will say to our children, you know, you might say 47 times, and I've been there, especially with boys, I think, um, you know, can you please put your shoes on, shoes on, time to go, time to go to school, shoes on, oh, you know, and it gets a bit much, and, you know, 47 times is all right, but the 48th time you're like, Jesus, put your shoes on. But, um, and a lot of, you know, and like that's just an example, but other times, you know, we try to tell, ask our kids something. And really, as kids, like, it's just age-appropriate behaviour. They just sort of don't listen because they're so focused. Like they're very narcissistic at that age and they focus on what is in their value system. So, But where the trigger comes from is us, is we're not listened to as adults. And it goes back to the fact that we probably weren't listened to as children. Mm. So there was, you know, we had something to say, especially that generation ago we weren't listened to if we had a differing opinion. I remember that I could never have an opinion. And that turned into me being told by my parents that I had an attitude problem, mm. you know. So I went into that, like I would have a, an opinion on something and if someone disagreed or, some, you know, something came up, like I would apologise for it, yeah. you know. And it sort of all goes back to that. I'm like, well, actually, no, my opinions, uh, excuse me, my opinions are valid whether it's what you agree with or disagree, like it's I'm allowed to in this world to say something, you know, of course, if it was ever nasty or mean, which I don't speak like that anyway, you know, there'd be a problem. But, you know, and that all comes back to the fact, like I was told I had an attitude problem. And imagine being told that, you know, you start to believe it, of course. So it's, um, yeah, a lot to do with it. But then then again, like, you know, when talking about the, you having kids as a real sort of catalyst for change. Um, yeah, sort of went back to that. I'm like, actually, no, I, didn't have an attitude problem. I was a child growing up trying to be heard. And it's funny, like, even sometimes with my parents, you know, if I would say something, you know, and it's still just that different generation, you know, you go, oh, yeah, you know it all or, you know, and now I'm able just to brush it off because I've done that sort of healing around that part, whereas, you know, before you just you kind of go into a hole, you know, like it's it hits you like a ton of bricks sort of thing and it, you know, makes you upset or um, – angry you know and that's something in that circumstance that you might then pass it on to your children or um you know and then that's when the cycle continues but mm. yeah it's such a great time for healing and doing and learning about how we can sort of sort of change this but um sorry I've, I've gone on a bit of a long-winded thing but like how I ended up here is was I was living in New Zealand I had a husband um unfortunately wasn't safe for uh, 
myself or two boys anymore, so he had to go. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of I moved back to my hometown in Australia um, just for a bit of a break. I didn't get to finish my studies, but that was okay. Um, well, obviously the reason I moved to New Zealand, but it was okay because I desired to be with my children. Like I had children to be with them. But, um, yeah, so just having that. So I ended up a lone parent. And I was just sort of, you know, looking for something. Like I've always been into sort of holistic health, um, you know, holistic mental, physical health and things like that. But, yeah, I just heard on another uh, podcast, a favourite podcast, of this lady called Marissa Peer. And she just talked about all the the brain and how it, you know, how it, it works in the sense of how um, emotions and feelings and that can be held and how it can sort of release and things. So I just sort of consumed, I was YouTubing on other podcasts, consuming everything of hers. And then that took me down the journey to doing her course. So I did get qualified in um, rapid transformational therapy. Um, I do my own little thing with other stuff that I've learned because, you know, I'm just a avid researcher and, you know, you, you just get, you, you know, uh, obsessed in a, a healthy way um, yep. of, consuming everything you can because it feels good it feels good to understand things you know and it feels good to like to move forward and progress and have a purpose and so yeah I was just all into that and I sort of fell into the not fell into I was sort of guided into the niche of um so I call myself Melissa Jane the holistic family connection coach and it's just sort of all around family because you know I in that in that circumstance where I'm raising children on my own and you know want the best for myself, want the best for my sons, and I want the best for the community that they grow up in. You know, I want them to be in a safe environment where their words are heard or they can have an opinion or they can cry if they need to or, you know, like get on with life. You know, at some point sometimes you just got to pick it up and get on with it, but, you know, sort of around a whole. And, you know, especially after having a terrible marriage, I really feel it as my duty to raise great men. Mm. so it's a real uh, yeah real purpose and passion of mine to raise great men but um yeah so I was sort of here and I'm just loving seeing clients and clients come to me for all sorts of reasons um where they just feel hold, held back for something in their business held back in their relationship but yeah if we can heal particularly sort of you know we're talking a generic term if we can heal that childhood wound often that is the thing that has been holding them back yeah. And that's when their relationship flourishes, where they can perhaps even have children. Like there's times where, you know, you've been told by several people that, oh, you won't have children. You know, you're told negative percent chance of ever having children. It's just like healing that childhood wound where you were told because of something, you know, and then, you know, people, women can get pregnant. Like it's, it's it seems that simple. I don't know, maybe because I'm doing it a bit now, but, yeah, like it, to me it seems quite simple. You just go back and you you heal that childhood wound for whatever reason it is, for whatever reason you come into, and it's, it's you know, you, you, it's the flourish. Just lives flourish and relationships are mended and healed. And understood, you understood your, yourself, you understand your partner, your children, and it's oh, it's beautiful work. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> and I think you, you know, touched on a lot of things there. I've taken a lot of notes, which is great. Um, and that whole value system, you know, we can kind of, I don't, you know, we can go back and blame our parents, but there's, there's no value in that. The parent, you know, like you said, our parents are doing the best job that they can and they learn from their parents, so that's getting applied. And then we just get this opportunity to go, okay, when I raise a child or when I was raised as a child, there has to be a value system of some sort, you know, like 
I love looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and going through that eight steps and going, well, where do I sit today? Like, what am I doing and, and how am I behaving? And when, But also looking at my child and go, he's perfectly where he needs to be. It's down that bottom. He's going, me, 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 because that's what they do. And that and, can be hard sometimes when you've yeah. got, you know, all your, you know, plates spinning in the air. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but knowing that the work that you do with them and the work that you open up for, well, you do with yourself and then you provide for them, they can actually move through that hierarchy of needs as well um, and come into somebody that adds value back into society and is actually quite spiritual in their own, you know, by their own definition. And they're not sitting there as a power god who's, you know, dominant over other people or not subservient to others. You know, they're actually coming into their own being. And I really love that, that you know, we can look back and go, well, surely our parents could have done better. But you were like, no, that was exactly how it was meant to be. And now we get the opportunity to go, how do I want to show up in life? And the work starts with us because mm-hmm. you can't blame anybody else, but you've got to kind of go, well, what's the block in my relationship? What's the block in my business? And what is the story that I'm telling myself? And once you can get to those thoughts, then you can unpack and come back into whether it be a childhood trauma um, or whether it's just a constant, you know, reminder that comes along. Those stories that we take with us can be so damaging. And, I mean, blaming anyone serves no one. Correct. And it's just, oh, gosh, it just doesn't. And, I mean, I've had to go through a lot of things with my parents. And, I, I mean, I was... Not you know, I didn't have a terrible childhood, but there's certainly things that I would have not liked to happen, you know. And I'm great friends with my mum. And I think like doing this work has also changed. Like there's been some incidents where I've said, like I've I've gone to her and I said, I'm doing this and you made me feel like this, and she does not want to hear it. Mm. And I'm saying, and this is what I'm talking about. I just need you to listen. You don't even need to, you know, and, and that's been my part. And sometimes you don't, you know, even as the age I am now, you still don't get what you need from your mum because it's it's very deflective and it and the, you know that then goes back to her uh, issues or needs or or wounds of the, of her childhood, you know, because you know I don't know if, as you go back in generations if it gets worse or better or maybe it gets skipped a few, but um, yeah, and like I you know love my mum so much, but it's all about the acceptance and it's funny like the last few months where I've done some more healing on myself. Um, you know, just around something because, you, you know, as you sort of change levels or go different directions, little little wounds and little healings need to sort of pop up. So, and just in the sense of accepting that, well, she is who she is. She mm. did the best of what she could do. I mean, not all people or clients that I see can do that because some are very traumatic mm. and they are much happier um, in themselves just having nothing to do with their parents. But it's also even they can accept it. They can accept them. But, yeah, sort of from afar, if that makes sense. So it's, um, you know, they don't even have to forgive. So you can do one or the other without, you know, without doing both and to be able to move on. And it's just sort of, it's just taking that resentment, that hate, that, you know, that thing that's, because that's another thing that's holding you back and that sort of comes from a place of healing a childhood wound. So it's, um, yeah, it's important and it's, um, yeah, you you just, you just keep, I don't know, you you keep looking at it and it's, um, oh, I don't know. I just get so excited. Sorry, I'm sort of lost for words. <laughs> I get so excited because the people who I see, they just like it's truly life changing. And it sounds, mm. oh, I hope that it sounds you know a bit you know wanky or whatever. But it's just it's truly life changing. And this sort of stuff, healing wounds, makes people better. Makes yeah. them be- people better for themselves, for their families. You know, and it's truly like healing generations going forward. Yeah. And so yeah, like I get so 
psyched really you know so stoked with the results that people have for themselves and and for you know we know this stuff like it's going to be a great future I think yeah and when you do that healing work on yourself you're actually healing past stories that you've brought with you so it may not be your parents stories but it could be grandparents or great-grandparents that have just traveled through your DNA and come into they're a part of your soul so you're actually clearing out a lot of shit, right? There's been a lot of stuff happen over the last 200 mm. years, for example. Mm. And then what you can gift onto your children is different and gives them an advantage to moving forward. And they will have to come back at some point potentially and clear out their own stuff. And because you've done the work for yourself, then you'll be more, more open and more encouraging for them to do that as well. And you'll be some more supportive and be able to point them in the right direction as as they grow because as as a parent we're here as a guide we don't own our children we just guide them along the path and sometimes that means you know we make particular decisions for them which may not be the right you know the ideal decision that we want to make at the time but it's the best decision that we can and then they get to choose how they uh, turn up in that experience how they show up what they can learn because they're actually getting you know every every opportunity is a learning opportunity in that space which is really cool. Mm, and it's just having that um, confidence or that reassurance in yourself that, you know, if they're telling you something, you know, like I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like I've, one of my sons has told me that he hates me, you mm. know, so I could take it personally because, but, and, and I'm, you know, I know people have and I have, you know, a couple of times depending on the mood, yeah. you know, sometimes it's stressful, you know, like I, I, I think like being a mother is easy. Like being a mother is quite easy. It's being the cook, the cleaner, the baker, the, you know, the banker, the you know, everything else that makes, you know, a parenting or mothering hard. And, um, like, if we could just be mothers and be nurturing and guide and teach and that, I think, I think it's a pretty easy job. But we have lost community as well. So, um, you know, we're very isolated, especially at the moment, and you're doing a thousand things that you need to do around. And then, unfortunately, you can't be, you know, at your child's beck and call or whatever they need or if there's a fight between siblings or something like that. And, mm. yeah, unfortunately, it, it – does cause pain and it has come up with a lot of my clients but yeah I think just being honest and open and you know understanding that we have got the tools and we are constantly learning and actually I said to my seven-year-old the other day in the car I don't know how we came up about it I don't know when you're in this sort of work you speak random conversations but about you know like that I haven't done everything you know that may feel loved all the time to learn and to grow and to desire and, you know, I mean, you know, like no sort of no, no matter what sort of thing, like you're always loved and, you know, even when I'm grumpy kind of thing, like I'll always love you and um, it's, it's yeah, it's important in the sense of just checking in with them. Like they're smarter than we know and or smarter than we give credit for and it's, um, yeah, just being open and and having the sense of, like the confidence so if they tell you that they don't like this about you going okay you know or that sucks that you feel like that but you know just just acknowledging and that's just half the battle and that's and that's sometimes what we didn't receive as when we were children Mm. and like that little tweak I think just listening Mm. and saying you know if something happened or they got hurt that really sucks but you know you are you know you are loved
And that's so key, right, that whole um, listening is one of our greatest skills that we can we can bring into any situation and we can certainly um, show that skill to our children and then encourage them to mirror that back to us. And it sort of ties in with the, the comment that you made earlier around, you know, conscious parenting is a great um, strategy and I'm really supportive and I love the approach that people take in that space. But it's that subconscious parenting that we really need to sort of have a look at because, you kind of a lot of things happen for us on autopilot. So, how is it that you work with people in that subconscious way? What do you do, um, and how does that like play out for your clients? Sorry, can you repeat that all that you, we we got frozen together? Okay. <laughs> well, at least we, I can hear you, which is a good thing. Oh, good. I can see you now. I can hear you too. Yeah. So, just you mentioned before about conscious parenting, and I'm, I'm a big believer in conscious parenting, which is you know incredible. But it's that subconscious parenting which is equally as important, and that we need to dive into that space. How do you do that with your clients? Like, what does that look like? Um, with your clients to bring through or to identify those uh, subconscious stories that they're telling themselves? Well, it's just going back and healing the inner child. Yeah. It's just understanding, making them understand that that child was loved, yeah. that child was enough, um, you know, that child was worthy, was worthy of all the love, all the things that they either should have received, um, didn't receive, um, you know, probably actually did receive but perhaps didn't, didn't feel it. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's just sort of like just rewiring the brain in that sense because, you know, we are really products of our parents, especially from that zero to seven. And that's a really formative years where our programs are set. And so, um, yeah, and that's the beauty of, so like when I do my packages, I, at the moment I'm doing one-to-one 33-day packages and it's very deep um, hypnotic uh, childhood wound healing and then but complementing with all the, the conscious therapies and the conscious workings because I, it's with the both combined, it's just epic, epic results. Um, you can say a similar thing, you know, you can journal, you can meditate, you can do all these wonderful things and super things, but taking it next level is going back to that childhood wound. So if we can, you know, like just heal that childhood wound in the sense of um, when you're feeling a moment of stress, you know, so actually being mindful of what's coming out of your mouth instead of your mum, who you didn't want ever, ever talk like, coming out of your mouth without even thinking and that is our subconscious brain it's that stressful one that just comes out and you're here you can feel you're putting your arms out in front of you like just taking it trying to take it back and um yeah and that's just it's just so I don't want to say simple because it's it's intense work and it's it's really revealing work but it's it can be so simple of just going back and healing the childhood wound and of course everyone's childhood wounds are different like it's not just like one childhood wound ever you know you just go back and it's such a generic childhood wound it's whatever comes up for the client and so I mean it's often when we have sessions these sessions that you know we obviously talk before and everything and we talk about family and um, they'll fill out forms and how they're feeling and what some people might have made them feel bad or sad and then sometimes they're surprised that it's not actually the person who they thought would come up Mm. So they thought, oh, you know, if you hadn't abandoned dad or something, um, dad who abandoned, you know, maybe it was that, that person that came up, but actually it was the mum or vice mm-hmm. versa or for whatever reason. And it's whatever the mind, their mind tells us in the in the session is what, what we work on. So, I mean, I'm just a facilitator. I mean, the client does all the work mm-hmm. and I'm just sort of here to listen and to answer the questions and sort of to move through the progress. But, um, yeah, it's it's important work, like this sub 
yeah. I don't know if, I, if there's like a, a trademark or something for that. I might have to do it. But, yeah, like the subconscious parent. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, just meshing the two. And just also like being kind to ourselves because we do not get it right all the time. Yeah. You know, when we have a thousand things that, you know, need to be doing. And, yes, we want to be for our kids all the time, but, you know, dinner wouldn't get cooked or, yeah. you know, <laughs> wouldn't get done. So it's not possible to do everything all the time. Be everyone's everything. And so, um, yeah, also being kind to yourselves and, um, yeah, allowing yourself to kind of move through the process as well. Yeah, and that's sort of like that fail. Being kind to yourself is a, a version of that fail forward. Like go, oh, I did it again, but I'm more aware this time. Okay, it may happen again, but I'm still going to be aware. And then eventually you kind of tidy up that behaviour and you go, how do I want to think about this? How do I want to feel about it? And if you can, like you said, going back to that child and, and what happened with that child in that moment, um, if you can unpick what was going on and what the stories were then, you can, like you said, come back and wrap some love around that child because the love might have been there. You just see it differently. And so when you can kind of come back and go, oh, that actually happened and my parents yeah. were actually, if it was parents or whatever, but if, if it was parents, you know, though my parents were actually there for me and, you know, when you put it in the scheme of things, you know, from my perspective, I'm one of five children. So mum and dad are trying to run around, do all the things for five children, you know, have the, have the big yard and, have, you know, mum's tidying the house and I was um, making some biscuits the other day and I was thinking mum cooked um, from scratch every single day. She was in that kitchen, breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, like so there was never any sort of downtime. So it's no wonder in her near 80s now that she kind of goes, I don't want to be in there anymore. Like I've been yeah. in there for however many She's years. Retired. Yeah. She's retired. She's yeah. retired. Well, she wants to retire, but my dad won't. My dad's not going to cook. So if she wants to eat, she has to be there. But oh, it's, dear. you know, those sorts of stories, you know, some of the stories that she used to tell, like would go, you don't need a man, Susan. And I'm like, yeah, but you've had one for, I, I guess at this stage, maybe 40 years or 30 years. And you're like, so you can make that statement, but what, how are you applying it in your own life? And then you kind of come back to the child who was, you know, brought up saying that. No wonder she's been brought up quite strong and independent, you know. Mm. So you can go back and thank your parents for those sorts of things, but you also got to then do that reparenting and let go. But doing it with a specialist is um, is very powerful um, and actually wrapping those services around yourself because, as you said, like that deep work and um, one of my uh, uh, my intuitive healers, she talks about, you know, the snot tears that come up. You need somebody to be there to help you and support you through the snot tears because they're going to come up. They're going to, it's going to raise a lot of things. And then you're going to, once you can have that moment, then you can actually move through and choose what you want to think. Um, mm. So it's important to have support when you're going through these pieces. You can do oh, some, of, of, some of the work. Yeah. You can do some yeah. of the work a little bit by yourself, but really you can't see the full thing. Yeah, yeah. And I say this to my clients in like our initial call and I said, you know, like it's, um, you know, you're not to scare anyone, but like just to set the scene up, right? So it's, you know, like sometimes it's very intense. Sometimes those memories that you have, you don't remember when you're, you know, some, you know, and um, I said, you know, you might cry. And I say, to be honest, I really try to get you to cry. I said, not to sound mean, but I really try to get you to cry. And they're like, oh, okay. I said, because that is getting to the juice, the yeah. real deep, juicy stuff that is is what is needing to come up. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to make a point of when we're talking about, you know, like, par- you know, parenting five kids or whatever it is and we've got all our plates spinning that such an important thing you can do, which maybe your parents did it, maybe some others did, mine certainly didn't, was to say I'm sorry 
I'm sorry for not hearing you just then. I got sidetracked for the dinner that I had to cook for you and dad or, or whoever it is. And like the power in just saying, I'm sorry. Because how many of us in this adult life now who say sorry all the time because they were worried? Like imagine if your parents had said, I'm sorry, I was a bit nasty then because not necessarily like that, but I'm sorry that I couldn't come to you, you know, mm. when you needed me. And it's not even a way, oh, kids get their way all the time. But, you know, look, these I, I can imagine <laughs> maybe maybe not maybe not your audience, but people go, oh, well, the kids, they've got to, you know, learn or toughen up. Ugh. But, you know, just like, sorry, I wasn't there. Sorry, I got grumpy, you mm. know, like they were my emotions. I should have handled them, but, you know, I will try better next time. Mm. And that's what we want for our kids, don't we? We want them to try or do better next time if they make a mistake or, you know, to learn from. So, yeah, I mean, I I was going to say I say sorry all the time. Not quite, but, like, I say sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry I did that. Particularly, you know, a couple, you know, I haven't always done this work. I haven't always sort of done this purpose. Like, when I stopped my study, like, I was in a bit of a funk, you know. Like, I didn't have any other reason to get up other than my children. And even though I love them so much, you know, like, my sort of my personal purpose was really squashed. So it's, um, you know, I've been there where you're sort of, you're struggling and have been grumpy because something has happened where you, you know, makes you feel sad or insignificant or a bit of a failure because you didn't complete the task or the goal or the study that you desired to do. So, yeah. yeah, no, I'm sorry is such a powerful thing to say to your kids. And often, you know what they do, and they're so forgiving, and they go, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, they usually they? go, oh, they go, that's all right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, no, it's so important. I agree, and thank you for bringing that up because it, it actually helps you reflect on your own behaviour. So it's it's not that I'm sorry to the other person and the kid's going, yeah, that's okay, mum, don't worry about it. It's actually you going, that's not how I want to parent or that's how I not I don't want to turn up in the world, even if it's something you said to a friend that was just, you know, that subconscious sort of coming out. Um, and then you kind of catch yourself and go, oh, I'm sorry, I should never have said that. That was that was all me and I've got some shit to work on. Effectively, that's what's showing you. You've got some stuff to work on. Um, and then being able to go, okay, Melissa, I need to come and see you because we need to work on this piece of, you know, whatever's going on over here for me because I don't understand it or um, I just need to unpack that. And then, you know, it's just such a be- – I'm sorry is such a beautiful opportunity for people to grow and to learn and go – this isn't how, like I said, this isn't how I want to show up and I'm not going to do it again and I'm going to learn. And maybe you'll do it again, but then you'll say sorry again and then you're like, okay, I'm going to get better. How can I get better? What is the next mm. thing I can do to get better? Mm. And, I mean, it gets to the point where you just don't want to feel this way anymore. Yeah. So that's sometimes why, yeah, it's like people eventually come because, you know, they can't drive a car because they're so anxious or they, you know, haven't left the house for a long time. They won't socialise like they used to do. I mean, like um, childhood grief or childhood neglect or childhood abuse gets packed down and then comes up at the sort of what you would consider, you know, quote, unquote, the most unusual times. You know, the times when as adults you should, again, sorry, quote, unquote, you should be able to handle it sort of thing. But it's deep, deep, deep and like it has to go somewhere, you know. So it, it eventually gets to the point where it bubbles up and it's just like a layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And it could be one, you know, the old saying, one straw breaks the camel's back. Yeah. It could be the tiniest thing and then explosions can sort of happen in either a emotional, mental way where you're doing something to someone else, hurting yourself, or physical symptoms. Yeah. So whether you end up getting some sort of illness or mm. disease or, um, yeah, like whether it's mental or physical, 
yeah, just builds up and builds up. So, yeah, we kind of need to sit in the sadness or sit in the grief or sit in the, yeah, the, the turmoil sort of that you're in. But then, sorry, and this is talking as an adult now. Yeah. But, yeah, back back when we were a child, when you had, didn't have that power, you know, it, it, it affects, it's very, it's very highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah. highlighted. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of um, adolescent adults, emotionally adolescent adults walking around out there who are pushing down their emotions uh, and are saying, I don't like this. So they might be able to verbalise that they don't like something, but then they'll go and eat. Like you said, they'll... Um, they'll end up manifesting some sort of medical issue. So the anxiety comes in or the depression or and there are different levels of that. I get that. Um, but alcohol, you know, uh, shopping addictions, those yeah. sort of, any, you know, even um, reality TV, like you could just oh. be addicted to what's going on in TV yeah. because I have to be yeah. there because it's, it's so exciting and it relaxes me. When in reality, if we could deal with those emotions that are coming and we could see them and just create space for them and not judge them, then we can realise that the worst thing that can happen to us is we'll have an emotion about something and then you go, but I'm not my emotions. I get to Mm. choose how I feel. I get to choose how I think. Um, Mm. So when people can start to unpack that and, um, you know, have a look at their emotions, that's just so um, such important yeah. It's powerful and it allows you to take your power back. Mm. Take your power back that you didn't have as a child because you were little and you 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 um, needed your parents or your caregivers to survive, yeah. to feed you, to keep you under a roof, to keep you clean and closed. And um, it's um, – oh, I had such a great point and now I've forgotten. But, uh, <laughs> It'll come back to you. <laughs> oh, so much information I have and so much I feel like I want to tell your listeners. But it's um, – Oh, dear. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. Go on. I'm, I'll come to me a bit later on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's just unpacking those, you know, allowing for those emotions to come up and unpacking them and, and knowing that you're still safe. Like, so, you know, as a child. Oh, sorry. Like, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, what, what I was going to say in the sense of, um, like, you know, if we're talking to the adults now, you know, um, I remember because I'm in Victoria currently, so we sort of did lockdown 2.0 and it was quite harsh and, um I remember hearing the announcement, and I don't watch the news, but, like, when it sort of impacts your life on such a grand scale, mm. um, yeah, like I sort of was, you know, you sort of, oh, he's going to make the announcement this week. Okay, let's tune in or let's see what we have to do. And I was just, oh, you know, just like that lack of control that you had, right? So that can also, you know, when another layer comes up, it needs to be healed. Like that lack of control where I cannot make a choice in my life. I mean, you still had some freedoms, obviously, but, you know, for people who can go to work, who couldn't feed, you know, who lost their jobs, who um, couldn't feed their kids. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's horrific and um, it's like being that parent now. So I sat in it for a day. Like, I just let my kids play. You know, they even had some sort of movie time and things like that, but I sat in it and then I had a good sleep because that always helps and just got up and started kicking ass again. Yeah. But it's it's that moment, like, if, we, if I sat in it, if I started drinking, you know, uh, I, yeah, you just—it's nothing's going to happen, and and you—it's kind of like they're winning, you know, like you know well, whatever your beliefs are, like the the pain is winning or the trauma, the childhood trauma is winning, and it sort of does go back. It was very much triggered in me because it was you know when we are like I just said about that children, you know, you have a lack of control and you have a lack of voice, yeah. but also as parents, I think we sometimes don't do it, or you know we watch reality TV, we drink alcohol, it's all avoiding reality. Yeah. 
but it's also in the sense that as children we, and I think especially men, and maybe just generalising, but we were told we weren't allowed to be grumpy. We weren't allowed mm-hmm. to speak. Our parents like that. We weren't allowed to cry, perhaps. Um, and that's, you know, how could you ever sit in with your emotions? Mm-hmm. And so now as adults, how could we ever take on this, you know, this grief in a way of lockdown or grief as a um, losing someone or a pet, a family member, a job, something that you really loved, you know, but we're not, we weren't allowed to feel. So that's the beauty of, I think, sort of learning all about this research in the psych world now that, you know, it's okay to let your kids cry, you know, and it's okay to listen to them. And, you know, like I let them cry and I say, yeah, it really sucks, you know, but it'll pass and just let them talk about it. Like it doesn't embarrass me, you know, but it might have previously because, you know, what would people think? Mm. Actually, you know, my kids are the priority and I'm, you know, doing a damn good job but I think it's only the last couple of years now that I've really believed that yeah. you know like you you know not caring what people think is very powerful and the more you heal the less of a beep can I do my own beep the less the more you hear the less of a beep that you care what other people think and yeah. that is that is when you're when you're in your own power when you're in your own power for sure yeah, and allowing you to sit in those emotions, actually you you retain your power, you retain your strength and you retain your ability to choose. As soon as you give that up to something else, whether it be alcohol, whether it be, you know, reality TV or chocolate or whatever, as soon as you, or to other people, then you lose all your power and then you're like, oh, but they made me do it or it, was, it wasn't my fault, it was the alcohol's fault. And you're like, well, actually you made a choice. So mm. seeing that choice and then going, if I didn't do that, if I just sat here, What's the worst, again, what's the worst that could happen? Like, and if I don't do anything for the day, that's okay too. Like, it, I, you know, we put all these things on our plate, but we don't have to do any of them. No, no. There's the power in no. Yes. Absolutely. There's power in no. And I think as women, as um, if for the entrepreneurs who might be listening, you know, like understanding, um, sorry, this is a complete segue, but this is sort of how I've started the last few months even of um, just sort of not being in that model of nine to five necessarily Mm. like it doesn't really serve women like uh you know innately or um you know generationally because we have other needs that we need to do you know like once a month we have four or five days of feeling or maybe more you know and some people get you know knocked out a little bit harsher or longer and you know like to push yourself to go to a nine to five job or something it's it's quite yeah, it's quite devastating for the the body and the and the mind yeah. sort of and the heart. So um, yeah, sort of another thing, just allowing yourself to sort of sit with that and to say no and to look after yourself because the benefits of doing that, the benefits of saying no, oh, way out, way out. Um, yeah, the rewards are just so so yeah. much better, yeah. so much better. And I think yeah, as women, like just sitting in that time for a little bit. Like making it, using that time to make yourself a plan or just get into your feminine energy where you're being creative, being nurturing because we are constantly in that real masculine driver, survivor, that doing rather than that being, which is your feminine. So, yeah, no, even that's sort of very powerful and it really helps the healing and I found myself that it's sort of just another little tool in the toolbox to sort of, to you know, allow myself to be, you know, a great uh, not great <laughs> sounds a bit like I'm the greatest I mean like a great mum or a great um, yeah. community member or a, you know like a um, of course I can call myself a great mentor like who am I you know like a, a person who really cares like because I'm in it with my clients like I um, I had this client the other day she goes oh you don't sound like a therapist 
and um, you don't have that calming therapy voice. And I kind of like went, hmm, you know, sort of, and she goes, no, because particularly and there's a section towards the end of the subconscious work that, you know, like I'm really into it. Like I have this very deep calming therapy voice to get people into hypnosis and sort of go through and, you know, get the dirt, dig the dirt. But once like the transformation happens, like I am into it. Mm-hmm. Like often I was, because they're in, you know, got their eyes closed, I often stand up. I even have a pointer finger sometimes like because I am in it with the clients. Like this is truly life-changing stuff, truly transformational stuff, you know, and I'm in it. <laughs> like and it's kind of like the coach comes out rather than the calm therapist, which maybe I should. Nah, yeah. I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and that's beautiful because you're fully invested in, in their transformation. And, and like you said, you're still a facilitator, but you're doing, you've got, you're pulling out the tool belt and you're going, mm. what else do we need here? What else can we pull out? And what would be of benefit to you as a client? So mm. helping oh, yeah. them through their space. Yeah. Absolutely. And every, you know, everyone's different. It's not just one script, if you will, that yeah. is for each client. Like it's very different and what comes up is very different. And then some people think, oh, that doesn't seem much I'm like yeah but you felt it yeah like that's your thing you know and then two weeks down the track they go oh this has changed oh I noticed this change oh I'm having great love making with my husband like little things that they not didn't necessarily come in for mm. but like you know all of these random perhaps or all these positive things that they've gone oh actually or I've dropped weight suddenly or you know because I'm not holding on to the stress I'm not holding on to the grief or whatever it is, and it's a real ripple, real cascading effect yeah, that yeah. clients are seeing. Yeah. So, and, and it all that, goes back to that healing, those childhood wounds, and yeah. it's um, scary but powerful, you know, intense, you know, but uh, just to have a little bit of courage, a little bit of bravery to get the work done and the benefits, whew, you will be soaring. Well, the sense of freedom that you would get on the other side would be huge. So just that weight that's lifted off you, like you said, it could be could be coming out because you've dropped a few kilos or it could be just that you feel better in yourself and you're talking better. It's just that sense of freedom that comes that you're not hanging on to that weight that you, that thought or that, that inner child wound. Um, oh, that, absolutely, that absolutely. And people have held on to this stuff for years, for yeah. years and years and years. And then, of course, they go, oh, <laughs> wish I'd have done this earlier. No, it's okay. You've done it now and tomorrow, you know, like when you know better, you do better, of course. And it's um, from now on, from now on, you have your own power back. And it's, it's, yeah, it's such a weight lifted off. You're right. And it's funny you say that. And I just wanted to touch on the fact you've inspired me to say this, that um, sometimes when you do the work, and I find this with myself, and I think we chatted about this off off air, I don't know, is that what it is? <laughs> we had a conversation the other day that, um, you know, when you do a little bit of healing work or you have that positive something happened, you know, a lot of the time, that the work, well, it's not a lot of the time, the world, universe works to create equilibrium. Mm-hmm. So I find like each, uh, you know, level or layer that I'm healing or that pops up, my sons have like a big fight or, you know, and then you go, oh, what's the point? You know, I could get to that point where I say, oh, what's the point, you know, but, you know, now I'm into the point where I go, cool, I've healed that. And now I have better understanding or better patience because <laughs> that's a virtue, um, you know, to be able to sort of handle them and to be able to listen to them and to see what it is. And sometimes it's like, you know, fighting over a Lego. Mm. But, you know, on the on the sort of surface, on the side of it, but, you know, but you can sort of have, yeah, more tools in your tool belt to be able to help and just more patience and understanding and healing and caring for yourself to be able to move into that. Yeah. into that position but yeah it's it's a lot of times and I do say that clients you know like if you go home and you have a fight with your your husband or you know with your partner an argument with him 
you know, like don't think it's not worth anything. This is actually because you are putting in boundaries or you're starting to feel this way. And, and even if it's not spoken about subconsciously, my kids or the husband or the partner or the whoever know that something's happening and they subconsciously are worried that you're going to move on without them, move forward without them, that they're going to get left behind. So, yeah, so, you know, if you're doing this work, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you know, if you don't come to me, if you see someone else, like know that it is worth it and you might have little setbacks, mm. but every little step forward is a step in the right direction. So, Beautiful. yeah. Mm. I totally agree. Well, on that note, let's change tact and talk <laughs> about, you know, self-love, which I'm a massive believer in and I believe that the relationship with yourself is the most important one and I think we've talked a lot about that today. Can, so can you share with, share with us something that you do for self-love, whether that be daily or just something on, you know, um, casually that you sort of pop in, but what's something that you do for yourself? Hmm. Uh, some, <laughs> and I pause this way because I have, uh, is this a family show or an adult show? <laughs> no, I have, um, I went to a Tantra workshop last year in Melbourne and because I felt uh, my, I felt very much masculine, being a lone parent, two boys, testosterone, driver, survivor, doer. And I was just interested. I'd heard about this uh, call, well, weekend, a workshop, really. It was two and a half days. And so we just went and, and went and just, yeah, just listened. And, I mean, and we think about tantra as being, you know, that, you know, hours and hours of sex. And it is that too or can be that, but really on a – on a sensual, on a spiritual level that, you know, we're trying to like live in sort of exponentially. So not just walking around conscious, like a lot of, you know, consciously or subconsciously, just as some people do, like sort of living, like taking that next level. But um, sort of since that, I've uh, certainly delved into that world and um, and <laughs> started following a lot of people. But when we talk about self-love, like literally like, I do things. I like to go and get a chai latte from my favourite kiosk and I don't um, – I go, on, you know, go on my own. And it's just sometimes I would like to do that, not every morning because it gets a bit much, but I like to go and chat or to be out and just connecting with people other than my kids. Mm-hmm. And it could be like a simple hello asking, being around people, hearing conversations <laughs> randomly. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, just enjoy that. And it's funny, like I used to like drop off at school then went home to work or went home to do housework, you know, like how mundane. But getting back on the self-love journey, I um, also have <laughs> uh, invested in some um, feminine tools and wands and, like, just getting back to my own sort of sexuality and spirituality. So, yes, these um, feminine wands and things, um, when we're talking about yoni is women, <laughs> Um, sorry, this is a bit out there, isn't it? But you asked for self-love. No, it's great. Like, I'm, literally, it's awesome. I'm literally telling you about self-love. But um, yeah, just on several levels. So just making time for myself. So okay, I guess bullet point version is you know taking time for myself, and that's the sim- something simple as going for a you know warming drink or something, and just connecting. Sometimes with ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Like I found that it's made a huge difference, and I and I do that now. I do that on a real regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, like I make the going to the gym, even if it's for 20 minutes, non-negotiable because that is serves me in such a great way. Um, and yeah, like, you know, I spend, I'm, I schedule into my time some like self-loving time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I've really found that to be really get my creative, my, my feminine juices, pardon the pun, going in, in a creative way. And yeah, I found like my business has, you know, sort of taken off because I'm like in that creative person. Yeah. You know, in that creative, uh, not person, creative sort of positioning and um, 
and people are drawn to that. Mm. You know, people are drawn to that nurturer rather than that, you know, driver doer, you know, it's that masculine. So um, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. That's a little bit. <laughs> no, that's awesome. TMI, that's TMI. But, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, it's very, it's, it's good to talk about like that sort of stuff because it's, yeah, that's sort of another thing that's taboo. Yes. You know, and there's actually, there's so much benefits. Like if you like look into the ancient yoni, so yoni, if you don't know, like um, the Sanskrit word for vagina yeah. and how powerful it is as women. And then also the lingam, the penis for the man, like actually how powerful yeah. um, the healing and the work sort of nurturing and supporting that. And I don't mean in a sleazy way, but oh, no. that's gone off topic a little bit, but I have spoken to clients about sort of stuff <laughs> depending on, what no, sort of not. shows up or where what intuitively comes out or yeah or sometimes it's a bit of like a hee hee conversation so I I'd certainly pick my clients but um yeah no no if, uh, powerful stuff and shall we move on <laughs> <laughs> well I think it's it's a very good topic it's not one that we've addressed so far so it's nice that it's new and fresh um, I'll learn I'll learn more about it and come on <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be come awesome. on again a whole, a whole hour on the self love <laughs> love it loving loving, loving self-loving yeah. which would be amazing and it's yeah I think um we get disconnected from from our partners but we also get disconnected from ourselves so coming back and knowing how um creative that space can be and how loving and supportive and um like you said you know how our creativity flows from you know sexual activity mm. I think that's really mm. important for people to tap back into that and not just be something you do you actually embody it and you be mm. in that space and you consciously oh. come into it so I think that's and you really take your time with it you know and I'm saying this from a person at the moment who is a solo person yeah. you know like you know I connect with myself in this way but like when my soulmate arrives to my door like I'll be connecting probably with myself but with him mm. as well Mm. Um, or with her I I don't know with him but you know (laughs) whoever whoever that person might be whoever God presents at my door on a silver platter Um, because I'm calling them in but um, (laughs) yeah but that's just another way right so like I talk about being the holistic family connection coach that I am like it's just another conscious tool another conscious tool you know so um, you know like I I don't do it myself maybe I'd be a bit nervous or something but like I hear of people doing this sort of stuff in the mirror and Mm. seeing stuff and it's not it probably sounds so sleazy and it's not like in a pornographic way or anything, but it's just connecting, looking yourself in the eyes, you know, yeah. touching your arms, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, and it has a lot to do with it. And funny enough, like it's a bit, it's an adult topic, but, yeah, we can delve back to that childhood wounds, especially around clients who have been touched inappropriately Sorry. and things, and it's really affecting their lives. So, yeah, like I, it's, we're kind of covering a a wide range today but yeah of course it's just individual to the person who comes and you know Mm -hmm. I have the tools to help and and facilitate and listen to what comes up and and guide in that way so yeah yeah, I'm pleased in that (laughs) but also to love them right where they're at you know there's nothing broken they're not broken nothing Mm -hmm. to fix it's it's the opportunity to grow yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. So you've given us so much content today and I'd love to know what's one way that we could serve you. <laughs> what's something from what you shared with us that you would love people to go away and do um, and to try and then sort of come back and give you feedback on? What would what would be that way? Oh, and I knew this question was coming and I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it and um, I've so <laughs> Sorry if I've talked too much. Sorry, not sorry. Um, I just sort of opened the floodgates and we sort of take the conversation, don't we? But one thing that I learned off, um, actually, I think it was Marissa Peer, 
that she said, I'm not sure if it was in a lecture or something or it was just on a live that I'd seen of hers. She said, tell your children that I am so lucky to be your mummy. Mm. You know, yeah. not I love you because or I love you because of this. Like that's really conditional loving. Yeah. Tell, when they go to bed tonight, tell them or, or dad or whoever, grandma, whoever it is, tell them I'm so lucky to be your mummy mm. yeah. and just see what they do or say. Yeah. And because it's yeah, it's very it's very small but very impactful. And I would I would love to hear it. I would yeah. love to see, especially if you say it a few nights in a row, see what happens in your orbit. Yeah. Um, you know, or it's not even at bedtime. Just look at them while they're watching TV. I'm yeah. so lucky to be your mummy. Yeah. Or just any you know, any moment, of course, any moment where it's you're not rushing out the door for school. Say it in the car on the way. I'm yeah. so lucky to be your mummy. Yeah. And there's such beautiful conversations, aren't they, to have with our kids? And you know what? And they probably wouldn't even say anything back to you. <laughs> well, they'll say, thank you. Get on with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Depending on their age, they probably won't even say anything. They might have a little smile. Mm-hmm. They might say anything, but they've heard you. Yeah. And that is what's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, That's your homework, listeners. <laughs> yes, exactly. Share that with us. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all your wisdom. How can people get in contact with you? What's the best way for them to, to hang out with you? Oh, well, um, I'm mainly on Facebook. I'm not the biggest tech genius, um, so maybe when this podcast's out, I might have a little bit more knowledge or have some support. But um, on Facebook, um, it's Melissa Jane Holistic Family Connection Coast, but the handle is at Soaring Melissa Jane, um, or my website is melissa-jane.com. Beautiful. And we will link to that in the show notes. Well, thank you thank so much, you. Melissa. This has been amazing. I've thank you. Heaps. Yes. I've really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> me too. Me too. I love talking about this. I do. I, I get, yeah, I get on such a flow. So hopefully it was beneficial to your listeners. No, it totally will be. <laughs> Open and up the floodgates for sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Get the creative juices going. Oh, I'm man, sure they're yeah. all out there. I can't stop now. I can't stop. We need another hour. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. You are welcome and I look forward to, yeah, hearing hearing from people who have listened to this podcast for sure. Yeah, let me know. Like, please send me a PM or an email or something when you've heard this. I would love to love to know what you've got out of this. Or maybe yeah. nothing at all. Just say hi. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. People will be able to leave comments on the, um, the like on the Instagram and um, Facebook, all the social media and then on the website or because I'll link you to um, this stuff as well so that they'll see it and then um, – they can actually go to you and, and just PM you and just comment. And, yeah, oh, yes. Amazing. Have good Amazing. conversations. I love it. I look forward to it. Thank you for joining me on my Holistic Health podcast. It's been great to have you and I have a few small favours to ask so we can spread the word about this podcast further and encourage others to dive into their health journeys. Firstly, head on to susanscollin.com and tell us what resonated with you. Secondly, subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you so much for being here.